to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 24 and today I want to talk about fear and how it gets in the way of our children becoming their best selves. I was in a school last week talking about this very thing with a group of 12 year olds and it struck such a chord with them that I thought it would be good to share this with you all too. Now before I start I want to make a request. I have genuinely been blown away by your wonderful messages about the podcast and how it has helped you and your family. We've already had over 11,000 downloads in the five months that we've been going. We're charting in over seven different countries and we're currently number five in the UK. Although this does go up and down week by week. I want to positively impact as many families as I can. And as my podcast is absolutely free, I know I can impact many more families. They just have to find me first. Podcasts, like all things digital, it seems, work on an algorithm. A mathematical system which makes suggestions to people based on their listening preferences and reviews. If I am to truly impact as many families as I can... I need to reach those families who have never heard of me. And the only way to do this is for all you wonderful listeners to leave a review. It really genuinely doesn't take much time and you don't need to write an essay. Just a rating out of five and a few words. I would be so grateful if you could. And your act of kindness could be life-saving to a family who discover an episode of my podcast just when their family need it. So, back to today's topic of fear. Broadly speaking, I would put fear into two categories. The fear which is real and the fear that we perceive. Real fear is being in a situation where our lives are in imminent and real danger. A lion walks into a room. We are in a burning building or we fall 10 flights of stairs. These are genuine life-threatening and our body reacts in a way to try and protect us. The fight, flight or freeze mechanism is activated. Perceived fear is when we create a narrative in our minds about a situation we find overwhelming. We are in no real life-threatening or immediate danger but our body reacts as though it were. Our fight, flight or freeze mechanism is activated. Perceived fear is the type of fear which holds us and our children back from reaching our full potential and it drives patterns of behaviour which come from our inner belief system. Our actions and day-to-day behaviours come from our belief system And this belief system begins to be created when we're young. It determines our choices and what we are willing and unwilling to try. Now, we often think of fear as all to do with a fear of failure. And and quite often that is actually the case. But there is also a fear of success. A fear that maybe if we succeed at something, it's yet another thing we need to live up to. And what happens if we can't? And this notion of maybe letting people down and possibly even another demand on our time. So this episode is about getting super practical. And I'm going to share with you now exactly what I shared on the workshop I did last week. Now, remember the analogy I've used before about our children being a building that are under construction. 
for those of you who've come into this episode and have not listened to it before, then this it's this notion that our children are a building and our role as parents, as teachers, as educators, as supporters of children's growth and development is that we provide the scaffolding for this rising building. We don't get to choose the direction and the structure and what build it ends up becoming. We simply are there to catch any falling masonry and any falling timber. And what we do is we help set solid foundations, which are our family's belief systems, our values, what we hold dear. So what I would ask you to sort of have a conversation with your children if you're going to work through the workshop pretty much as I did with the children last week is I want you to explain that analogy to your children help them understand that they are a building under construction and that they ultimately get to choose whether they become a bungalow a loft conversion whether they end up being a barn whether they end up being a small stone cottage thatch cottage or whether they end up being a Georgian mansion they get to choose because they get to live in the building And one of the things that we want them to consider is what are those sort of early layers of that building that they're that's under construction? And I like to sort of do this on the basis of what are the nine qualities that are absolutely at the core of who our children are? Now, some of those qualities they may share with us, but it's what are those nine qualities in the combination that your child has that are uniquely them? And it's helping them identify those because that's the base by which they know who they are. So I would say probably the nine qualities that make me me are that I am very chatty. I am bossy. I'm loud. I'm kind. I'm loyal. I'm trustworthy. I'm sensitive, emotional, active. So those are my nine. Now, That's not to say that I have a whole multitude of other qualities. I've got lots, but those are the nine that I would use to describe the essence of who I am. So when you're doing this with your children, it's really important that you model it. So you start by talking about what are the nine qualities that are the core of who you are. And what that also does is it helps your child when they get to the point of listing their nine qualities, because at least, if nothing else, they can use yours as a benchmark. Well, am I? So if we take mine, am I bossy? Am I somebody who's loud? Am I kind? Am I loyal? Am I trustworthy? Would I use a different word to describe myself? Or do some of those words resonate with me? And of course, this is going to be tricky. I I did this with, you know, 106 children on that particular day. And some found it more difficult than others. But if we if we take the time to help explain and help them understand, then they can begin to kind of understand who they are and identify those qualities and and be aware that it may take some time. They might need to think, think these things through. But it's really what are those nine core qualities that make them who they are? Now, the next step, because when we're talking about helping our children move out of their comfort zone, when we're talking about combating fear, particularly this perceived fear the fear that gets in the way that comes from the belief system that we cannot do certain things or that we're unable that we're not good enough it's first of all being able to understand who are we what are the qualities that we possess what kind of person are we because then we can start looking at what are the areas that we want to shift so you start with the nine core qualities these are almost the base level of the building that we're trying to construct So those are our nine qualities. 
What we now want to do is we want to ask our children to consider what are three qualities that maybe they possess or they don't possess at all that they would really like or love for them to be part of their core qualities. What three things would they like to be able to describe themselves as that they currently wouldn't describe themselves as regularly? So these might be qualities around patience, calm, focused. Some children might even use words such as more sporty or they might want to be more academic or um, more of a performer. Whatever it is, that are the qualities that... And it doesn't necessarily mean that your child doesn't have this quality at all, but it might be a quality that they wouldn't use as part of their core description of themselves. It's something that they feel is on the peripheral, but really isn't absolutely who they are. So we want them to consider what are the three qualities that they would really, really love to be able to use as part of their description of themselves. So that's the next step. And obviously you need to model this. You need to write, you need to say, what are the three qualities that you want to possess? And what's really important that we qualify here, and it does happen sometimes, but generally speaking, they're great at picking three qualities that are to do with personality. But if they don't, and instead they pick some qualities that are very much around physical features, so maybe being prettier or maybe being taller, then obviously we want to have a conversation around the fact that some of these qualities aren't qualities that can we can actually change. So it's really important that we address, you know, what, what are the qualities that we can actually change, that we can impact, which are the qualities that we can't. And I always go back to the serenity prayer, which I absolutely adore. And I often refer children back to this. If they do pick some of these qualities, it's it's reminding them of this. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, the serenity prayer is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I find that so powerful because it's being able to accept there are some aspects to ourselves that we have to accept as being part of who we are. We might have a child who's super tall, who feels incredibly self-conscious of their height, that they wish was different. Well, we have to help them accept that and understand that that's part of their quality, part of a great quality and maybe changing the narrative in exactly the same ways we might have a child who's, who's very short relative to their peers. And it's not just a short relative to their peers in terms of once the growth spurt happens, it'll even out. But it's a child that is probably going to be a shorter adult. And again, it's habit helping them find the courage to accept that and reframing aspects of who they are physically that allows them to see the benefits of that. And it's and it can be really tricky. But when we're thinking of the three qualities, we're looking really at the qualities that we can impact, the qualities that we can influence, the things that we can change and be impactful about changing and accepting the qualities about ourselves, be it our eye colour, be it our hair type, you know, our complexion, our height, those aspects of us that we just ultimately cannot change, but we can accept. And this, I love this notion of this being able to understand the wisdom of being able to tell the difference between the two. So we've now got the nine core qualities. We've got three qualities that we would like to have. Now, I normally then ask children to drill down to one quality. Of those three, 
which one really resonates and it's so important that that quality has to be something that has meaning to your child it's something that feels really important and if it doesn't then maybe ask them to reflect again children and adults so often pick qualities that they want to aspire to become almost as if it because they think it's the right thing rather than actually what they really want we're trying to remind our children particularly when we're talking about fear this is all relative to the notion of fear i'll explain once we've sort of done this piece but it's so important that it has to resonate with us because that's when we're going to take the action and it's this idea of we want to become the best version of ourselves we want to step into that and it's, it can feel really, really scary. But if we could take the fear away and we could truly step into our most best version of ourselves, our most powerful, our most confident self, what might some of those qualities be and which one feels the most powerful to us now? And then this is where the fear comes in. Once your child has that quality and it's a quality that really resonates with them, it's asking them what fear comes up when you look at that quality when you are trying to imagine yourself having that quality as part of the essence of who you are what fear comes up and this is where the internal narrative the internal chatter remember fear creates our belief system but fear in this situation isn't a real imminent life-threatening danger that is threatening to our lives in that moment this is perceived fear this is the fear that comes from the narrative and the internal chatter that gets in the way that then drives our avoidance behavior drives patterns of behavior that comes from a belief system that we cannot succeed we cannot be that person or if we were to become that person what problems would that then create that we don't want so the next step is really getting clear with your children that that, that's a fear that's coming up. And what I often say, and it's important for our children to understand, is that whilst our brains are phenomenally clever, supremely clever, it's what makes it so powerful in that our imagination can create these unbelievable stories that we then all read in fiction or these unbelievable stories that are then told out in films that we watch, is that we can create all sorts of things from our imagination But what we can also do is we can create a narrative which creates the perceived fear that simply is not true, but holds us hostage and stops us from becoming our best selves. Our brain fundamentally doesn't understand the difference between what's real, what what we are actually experiencing in that moment, and what is not real. And a great analogy that I use to explain this to children generally is this notion of when we watch horror films, when we watch scary films, so often with these scary films, I'm not a huge fan, I have to be honest, so I'm, I'm not a major expert. But for those that I have seen, is that the films themselves create suspense, create tension, create this feeling inside us when we very rarely see very much in terms of the actual horror so just that suspense even genuinely me talking about this I can feel my heartbeat 
faster. I can feel my palms getting sweaty. So the music, the camera angles, the tension, the suspense, the drama is all created whilst we're sat on our sofas at home or in our beds watching these films and we can feel that fight, flight or freeze response when we are in absolutely no danger whatsoever. So if our brain can create that perception of fear by watching a film, it can create that perception of fear when we're thinking about doing something which pushes us out of our comfort zone, which means we can also create a sense of ease, a sense of calm, a sense of courage, a sense of confidence in exactly the same way. We just need to imagine ourselves in a different situation, in a different environment, rather than one where where we've got this perception that we can't do. And this is where our belief systems are so critical and so important. And while it's so important to explain our children this notion of fear, because that's what steps in the way. If we could take the fear away, what could you do? If we take the fear away, who could you become? If we take the fear away, what would you be saying? So we've asked them to pick out three qualities that they would really like to possess. We've asked them to then choose and prioritise one that really, really resonates with them. And then we've asked them about what fear comes up. And this goes back now to the discussion with them about their internal chatter. That internal dialogue, what's that narrative? What shows up? What are they saying to themselves that keeps them in that scenario where they fear, where they cannot step into a situation that might help them grow and expand and begin to take on these new qualities so the way that I explain it and we would have I've explained it before on some of the pod, other podcast episodes but it's important that we hope that we I go through it again specifically with this fear because it's also the resource that I'm going to be gifting all of you in this particular episode is to begin to have that conversation again with our children about their internal chatter so it's the on one side they've got the voice of their inner critic, their inner ogre. Some books will talk about it being monkey mind or the inner bully. Whatever word resonates with your child, use that narrative. That's the narrative that says they're not clever enough. They're not popular enough. They're not fast enough. They're not thin enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not whatever it is enough or that they can't put their hand up in class because if they get the answer wrong, people will laugh. They can't stay away from home or go on school trips because they'll feel too anxious because they're away from you and what ha- what if something goes wrong. They can't audition for the school play because they're worried that if they don't get their part, people will see that they can't act. They're too scared to try something new, whether it's a creative piece of art or whether it's taking on a new subject at school or a musical instrument because they're this fear of either failure, fear of being seen as a fraud or maybe, just maybe, they're scared they may be successful at it and what that then brings with it in terms of expectations of being able to continue being successful. Whatever that fear is, that's what the inner critic that's the chatter. And so often when our children are in fear, in this perceived fear, that's what they can very readily and very easily tune into. That's what they're hearing. But we know that there's an alternative. There's that voice of their inner cheerleader, the voice of their best selves, the voice of their best friend. Now, I will always say it's not 
the kind of inner cheerleader that's so like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You've so got this. You can do anything. You are powerful. That is not the cheerleader. The cheerleader is pragmatic. The cheerleader understands. I I know this feels really scary, but there are people here to support you. I know this feels really difficult right now, but you've been in a similar situation and you are fine. I know this feels difficult, but we know once we get started, it gets easier. It's that kind of cheerleader. It's the voice that is a practical piece of advice that you might give, your child might give to their best friend or themselves even when they're not in the middle of that huge emotion. It's much more to do with a practical, I acknowledge how you're feeling. I know that perceived fear is keeping you in a situation where you feel you are in an imminent danger, but we know that it won't be, it's not quite that way. And that you've got people around you to support you, that if you fail, we can pick you back up. It's that kind of narrative. And what's really important is that children understand their internal chatter. Quite often, I think as parents, we worry that if we open that, it'll be like a Pandora's box. We're just opening up a whole host of issues that we're never going to be able to contain. But actually ignoring it means that our children continue to to live in that fear. And that fear creates a belief system. And that belief system becomes the narrative, becomes the story by which our children and the script by which children then play out their lives and inhibits the building that our children will eventually build, the finished and final product, because it has been inhibited in terms of its growth and potential by what they believed they are capable of because of this fear. So it's really important that we actually face the fear, that we confront it, that we deal with it head on, and that we have those conversations with our children about the fact that it's a perceived fear. And this isn't because we want to minimise. We must remember that that perceived fear is very real to our children. It's just helping them understand the mechanisms by which it comes about and then how we can then help them. So we're helping them identify once they're looking at that one quality that they're going to work on, what fear is coming up. What is that internal chatter? What's going on in their head when we Im- when they imagine themselves being able to do or begin to possess the particular quality that they've written down? And you've got to start there. You have to really get them to resonate and to really connect with that. Because until they've really understood and connected with the fear, with the critical voice, with the inner ogre and the chatter that's coming up there, you can't begin to look at flipping it and looking at, okay, if that's the chatter that's coming up, if that's the limiting beliefs, if that's the fear, what's a more considered alternative to that? And don't get sucked into the the inner ogre or the inner critic being negative and the cheerleader is positive. It's not. It's not about positive and negative. It's not about black and white. It's not dichotomous. It's simply a case of the critic is echoing our fears and fear is about keeping us safe. It's trying to do a job of keeping us safe and keeping us away from something that it's perceived, it's imagining is going to put us in harm. What we're trying to do is then consider along a path If we could move a little bit away from the fear and closer towards that potential, 
what might be an alternative interpretation? How else might we consider the exact same situation that might minimise the fear, maximise the courage and allow us to be able to really step into that situation and try? And we're not saying that by trying we are going to succeed. Absolutely not. By trying, we may well fail. And in fact, we may well fail quite spectacularly. But it's about understanding that's part of a process so that we don't fear failure but we know that we're moving towards this person that we want to become so once they've got that internal narrative that inner ogre that inner critic comments then it's looking at okay so if it's coming up for me that I'm worried that people will laugh at me or that they will think less of me or they may judge me what might be an alternative and sometimes it may well be well people will judge me but Those who matter won't, for example. Or it may be that actually people aren't going to be judging me. It's it's something that I'm worried about, but nobody laughs at anyone in that situation. No one thinks any less of anyone in that situation because everyone else is equally worried as well as I am. So it's being able to kind of consider both sides of those. And then for me, it's transforming that side of the internal of the voice of your best friend, the voice of your best self, the voice of your inner cheerleader into what I call a mantra, a saying, a phrase that whenever your child is in a situation where they get that perceived fear, they're able to draw and pull from that mantra. So it's a a saying that they can repeat to themselves in their mind that allows them to feel that courage and that confidence in that moment to minimise and squash the fear. So it may well be, I'm safe. Everyone's here to help me. It might be, not everyone's going to like me and that's okay. It might be that each time I try, I get more, I grow more and more confident. Whatever it is, it has to resonate for your child. It has to be a language that speaks of them, to them and sounds like them. So that's what we can then use and that helps our children overcome those scenarios of fear. And it's again, it's this idea about the perceived fear. For those of you who are struggling with the mantras or are looking for a resource that actually just gives them some mantras that their children can choose from, then head over to my website in the get help tab and we have got some mantras that have already been pre-made that are mantras that I use every single day with children as well as they're part of my four pack of confidence kids card decks which you can um, which you'll be able to find from the website so my give this week is an internal chatter resource so that you can help your children map out the inner critic commentary and then look at then if that's the commentary that's coming from my inner critic what might I then be able to look at in terms of commentary from my cheerleader so if you head over to my free resource library, so that's drmaryhand.com forward slash library, you'll find the link to download the resource there. All you need to do is pop in your email address and you can get instant access not only to this week's internal chatter in a cheerleader resource, but all the other free resources across all my other podcast episodes. And as ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could follow and just take a few minutes out of your day to review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time. (music) 